Well, hello and good evening again. And thank you for joining us to another exciting and riveting episode of Mystic Misfits. My name is Ryan Evans, and I am here with my co-host and colleague, Chaplain Deanna Barker. And we are together, Mystic Misfits. So just to give you just a little bit of a backstory for each of us, um, I am an intuitive uh, life coach, basically tarot reader, and I own and operate a metaphysical store in Fort Worth, Texas called the Aura Clinic, and um, Deanna is a chaplain here in DFW, and she owns and operates a nonprofit um, called Big Planet Ministries. So... um, Between the both of us, uh, there's at least 40-something years of experience, but I think it's a little bit more. And we like to talk a lot, don't we, Deanna? Sometimes. We like to talk a, a lot about just what life is like and being gay and considering ourselves misfits and... Uh, talk about spirituality and why things work and flow the way that they do and and um, it's a lot of fun so we decided to record ourselves and do a podcast so we are very thankful that you guys uh, have chosen to listen in today's topic so let me preface it may be a long episode I'm not for sure because it's a complicated um, it's a complicated topic but the topic is basically the soul, soul energy, kind of um, taking a foray as well into like reincarnation and maybe a little bit about soulmates <clears throat> because it all kind of goes together. But And of course, I, I think we, we all get asked this a lot, which is what is the soul? What does it do? How is it connected to God? Is reincarnation real? What happens to the soul when we die? I mean, I know I, I have clients and that ask me questions like that, and I'm sure as a chaplain you probably get those questions too. All the time. All the time. So, um, And there's nothing wrong with those questions. Those are very valid questions about soul, the soul and soul energy and what the fuck is it and why do we even have it? Because God gave it to us. The Bible tells us the body is made up of soul, mind, and body. Mm-hmm. Three parts. Three parts. Again, with the number three. You know, in a lot of just my uh, research, of course, the number three about three different elements or three different laws or well, with Buddhism, the three jewels, um, there's of course the number three is just a very powerful number in terms of like just spiritual number phenomenon we just can't escape it at all (laughs) so yeah what is the soul and why did god decide to give it to us why did the universe decide to give it to us what what does it do how do we use it can we exploit it in any way um that's a i think that's a good question and if we do exploit it, what what happens? Like, what what can we get? I think honestly, yeah, a lot of people do like to exploit the soul, but those people would probably be referred to as um, Satanist. 
those are the ones that really want to exploit people's souls. Um, so yeah, the soul is a very interesting topic, and there's been much debate about it, I think, um, over time throughout the centuries. And I don't know if you ever saw this movie, but it's called 21 Grams with Sean Penn. Did you, no. did you ever hear that? No. So it's kind of like a the way that they did it. It was kind of like a documentary style um, with the cinematography and multiple people's lives not having anything to do with one another, but yet they all intersect for one reason or another. <clears throat> so... Um, and again, the title is 21 Grams. So basically at the end, I think there was um, somebody close to Sean Penn or something passed away, something along those lines. And then uh, I think at the end, it kind of gives a little bit of description about the idea or the notion of 21 Grams. But basically 21 Grams is believed to be the weight of the soul at the time of death. That's how much the soul weighs. There's 21 grams in the body. It adds 21 extra grams to a person's body. So... And how do they come up with that? I'll tell you. <laughs> so back in 1901, there was a physician. <clears throat> His name was Duncan uh, McDougall uh, in Haverville, Massachusetts. So he, at that time... Um, wanted to see or prove that there was a soul. So he took six uh, elderly patients who were just, obviously they were going to die. They were, they were imminent. The death was imminent um, from a nursing home. So he took those six patients and he put their hospital beds on some type of scale um, that they had back then. And out of those six patients that died, he was only able to uh, take data from one. And that patient at that time of death lost like 21.3 or 21.6 grams or something. So um, 21 grams. But here's the unfortunate part. He also took some ki some dogs and he believed that dogs didn't have souls. But it's believed that the because the dogs were not, he didn't find any, like, infirm, uh, infirm type dogs. So it's kind of believed that he poisoned the dogs. <laughs> and then weighed them, and there was no difference in the weight. So, so basically, his research at that time, I mean, I totally understand the idea. And I, the idea of weighing a body physically, it does make sense at the time of death. But the experiment has not been replicated unfortunately so and then the technology that they had back then to basically weigh things and measure things is not as sophisticated of course and accurate as our technology today plus all of the other instruments that can be attached to a person to weigh other aspects so unfortunately his whole thing was debunked and just I think there's so much stigma around it that's why Others have not tried to replicate the experiment, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. I really wish somebody would try to replicate that and take a larger pool because there was only six people, and out of those six, like I said, just one was really 
accurately or some semi-accurately recorded. I think the other people, um, he wasn't really able to, because um, I think one of them died during the calibration of the scale right. at that time, and so it was just really fucked up, unfortunately. It did not work out well for him. But what he, but his, um, the experiment was like in the um, science journals at that time, and there were other doctors that kind of went back and forth with him and um, ridiculed him and brought up these other points about like sweat glands and things like that. And so it was a mess. But the whole idea uh, of the notion of people trying to figure out, even in the 19th century, <clears throat> the 20th century, and trying to put a some type of metric to the soul. I mean, people have been wanting to do this for a long time. Right. Try to identify the soul. Why can we see it? Can we see it? Can we hear it? Can we taste it? Can we touch it? <laughs> Putting the five senses to it. Can we weigh it? So that and that's so like I said, it's understandable and I I really wish that somebody would again try to perform that 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 type of uh, experiment with our technology today. Yeah, well, we can definitely see them. I mean, you know, those little orbs and pictures and stuff like that, that's our soul. Mm -hmm. People catching them on Polaroids and stuff like that or in pictures, little orbs, little circles of light. There, Well, is it the soul or is it a spirit? Or is it the essence of what was a soul? I see. I was actually thinking about that today because I knew that that would probably come up. What do you think it is? I think it's the soul. It's well, the soul well, is a spirit. Well, how about like people that take pictures at um, funeral homes? You know, uh, and they see the casket and the body and stuff. Yeah, those those sometimes orbs do appear on the in the pictures. So, um, and of course at cemeteries, grave sites. Not that that's an appropriate time to take a picture, but. I've, I will admit that I'm definitely guilty of taking pictures of when I've gone to funerals of my, like my grandmother, grandfather. Well, you never I've know taken pictures. Up, you know? Well, I want to remember them and remember what they were wearing and how they looked. and. It's kind of hard not to if, if it's in your nature to be like a, a paranormal investigator. That's true, know? yeah. You just want to take a camera and click, 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 click. All around. All around. <laughs> Which I'm guilty of doing. I've done that. So, um, yeah. So I, it, that's that's the whole thing. We want to be able to measure the soul. Now, Deanna, you and I definitely believe that souls exist your experience and what you believe and from my experience and what I believe um, I have no doubt in my mind that uh, the universe that God has given us each our own soul so souls exist the energy is there is a conduit um, definitely that God imbued into us would you agree with that notion yes okay from your own um, experience, and um, what is your definition of a soul? Oh, my! It's just my definition is pretty simple. It's just the essence of of who we are. Mm-hmm. 
you know it's the core it's, it's the core of, of who we are yeah and it has a lot to do with our I mean I I definitely know it has a lot to do with our personality as well the soul is is what feeds helps to feed that yeah I, I, yeah I agree with that so in on my side of the spiritual realm and what I do every day people ask these kind of questions but they also don't necessarily make these connections um, or deeper connections uh, as to why the soul plays a role and what does it do um, so my definition of the soul is it is the essence of God the universe that is imbued into each of us just like God imbued um, energy into the angels to create them or into death death itself is considered in some cultures a, an angel but it's it is a uh, it is an autonomous entity in and of itself created by God so we are that essence and we God imbues that essence into us a portion of it, of his energy would you agree uh, yeah I would agree With that said, what is the purpose of it? Well, like you and I were talking about earlier, um, the soul is that energy that flows in through the crown chakra, whereas um, the earth's energy, the kundalini, that energy flows in from the bottom into our feet and up into our legs and into our root chakra. So, And that's how we get that. You know, beautiful helix of, of energy flowing. The earth comes up, God comes down into us, the energy flows. But the soul is a containment vessel. It's it's a, some people will begin to refer to it as maybe like a, a digital hard drive or a hard drive of some sort. It is the energy that, of the recordings of our experiences. That energy is that conduit basically that's how God stays tethered to us but it is a conduit it is how he explores our human condition our experiences and he's been doing that since obviously since he created us since the beginning um, so he gets to experience what we feel um, what what our challenges are uh, that is also how the communication with the prayer occurs right through the soul right that conduit so we are still tethered to the heavenly or celestial realm um, but he gets to, he gets to feel what we feel see what we see um, explore our emotions explore how we, when we get emotional or angry or all this other stuff so um Anything that we feel, see, hear with our five senses, the soul is basically recording, and that energy, that, that data gets up to him. So that is my belief um, after years of doing this. And, of course, in a, a lot of different research and things like that, um, you might hear computer terms like that. So, um, and then 
I'm going to talk a little bit about the Akashic Records and stuff, and that's basically the same. It's it's The soul is going to be tied to that as well, but, I mean, some people ask me what, what is the Akashic Records, what are, what are they? Well, it's basically a database. It's it's a huge server. Uh, it's a room yeah, filled with servers. It's it's a um, well, they say it's a hall in heaven. It's it's a hall in heaven that that contains all of your past lives and mm-hmm. everything about you that you can't remember while you're on Earth. Mm-hmm. And it has your soul contract in it and. What your what your purpose is for being here, why you came here, what you came to learn, it, it that's that's what the Akashic records are in that hall. Absolutely. Uh, now, whether it's actually in a room adjacent to heaven, we just know that it's there. <laughs> it's it's in a dimension in and of itself. It, it's a it's a realm, and our souls the our the data goes there where it's stored. So if God walks into that room and, you know, wants to pull some information, you know, he'll go to the server mainframe and <laughs> and pull it and be like, okay, well, this is what Ryan Evans is and what he's done and where he's going and all that other stuff. Yeah. So, um, but the Akashic Records pulls into that as well. So, um, The thing is, the soul is there. It is spread out throughout our body um, on the quantum level. And that's why, I mean, but if if we go with the notion that it's 21 grams, so be it. There's 21 grams of it, of, uh, of data uh, inside of us on the quantum level. So it's, when we talk about quantum computing and things like that, it's... Maybe something similar to that. Um, so it's connected to us. It's connected to God. God experiences uh, the human condition being um, in the corporeal form that we're in. And that data just goes back and forth. But it's also, as we said earlier, it's a uh, reciprocal conduit, right? Yeah. So that's how we communicate. That his essence is inside of us. He's always with us, whether we're listening, not listening. We believe, don't believe. Uh, we communicate, don't communicate. He's always there. But of course, if we if we do believe and we start communicating, then that essence, that connection, can get stronger. Yeah. So, do you believe in reincarnation, in past lives? I'm putting you on the spot. I know. I, I don't know if I should answer that. Yeah? Yeah. As a chaplain, I have to say no. As a chaplain, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, I do. <laughs> it goes with my territory. Um, I do believe in reincarnation. The Akashic Records tie into that as well. Uh, and then the idea of, like, uh, past lives and then soulmates and twin flames and karmic companions and um, all of that ties into into it um, which we'll talk I'll talk a little bit more about that later but and then you know one of the other questions is what happens when we die well do we ascend into heaven or 
do we kind of get put into that um, mainframe room, main, uh, main mainframe room of the Akashic Records? We get put onto a server. <laughs> um, what what exactly happens? So, let me ask you this: What do you think happens? Oh, I think when we die, our soul absolutely transitions to heaven. The Bible says to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. So I mm -hmm. believe our soul or our or goes through the tunnel of light mm -hmm. and we're on the other side and we are greeted by our loved ones and then at some point we go through a soul review mm -hmm. and that soul review probably entails going to the Akashic Records. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I we definitely go through a soul review in my opinion. Um, in my specific uh, belief system, I believe that when we die, so, so basically if I was to die today, I know that my soul is going to travel basically a road. That road is also a cleansing mm -hmm. period as well. Or maybe like a, you could also say in computer language, like a deprogramming or debugging. <laughs> So it'll, it's going to do that for about a year, Earth time. Of course, once we die and transition, there's no more time. Time doesn't exist. So it'll go through that. And then during that period of traveling, you know, I may visit friends or loved ones or family members. Right. Um, but I'm also most likely fully aware of what has happened, that I've died. Um, and I, or I've transitioned. Thank God I don't have to worry about paying bills anymore. <laughs> that burden is gone. So I've transitioned, and then I'm, I'm aware of it. And then, of course, I'm learning or going over what the, what the issues were, what the mistakes were, things like that. And then maybe after that year of Earth time passes, then I may ascend... Um, move out of the holding pattern basically the cleansing aspect into where um, I may end up or need to be which would probably be the what some people might refer to as purgatory but also the Akashic Hall being put right. on that server um, but also then at that same time once you transition you know into the spirit form again or the, the free free energy you uh, um, you may definitely reunite with some of the other past loved ones or teachers or masters, things like that. So it kind of depends. Now, I, I am guilty of saying, like, you know, you may reach that nirvana, but nirvana is not necessarily a, a heavenly thing. It's more of a being in body and, and um, reaching that um, nirvana while you're still human, while the soul's still in the corporeal form. And corporeal form, basically, if you don't know what that means, it just means um, being in the meat sacks that we are. <laughs> so, um, yes, the soul uh, is not destroyed. It, it still exists because it it is a very important essence, a very important part for God, mm -hmm. for the universe. It is a tool. And here's the other thing. 
whether you believe in it or not, uh, in terms of religion or spirituality. If you're just science-based, you know energy cannot be destroyed. As far as our understanding of physics, energy certainly cannot be destroyed. Right. So it transforms. So the soul being that type of energy, it can't be destroyed. It can transform. And maybe, because again, if we kind of consider it like with the matrix and its computer coding, which there are scientists out there, you know, researching it and um, trying to prove their theories that, you know, this, this dimension, this universe is just a, basically a computer algorithm. And we're computer algorithms. They're trying to prove that. Okay. Yeah, I know. But they are. They're they're working on it. But if if that is the case, um, the energy cannot be destroyed, and we're gonna we're gonna transform. But obviously, there could be degrade uh, degre- degradation in in our coding, especially if we lived. Say we've lived like you know. 250, 500 lifetimes already. Um, obviously, there's going to be some corruption in the data file. Now, that corruption part, that may have a lot to do with karma. Do you believe in karma? I do believe in karma. You know, but the corruption part, you know, that, that could be a reason why the soul is back on earth it you know mm-hmm. is still or that might be a part of their their contract mm-hmm. is to rectify that corruption part of, of that came out of their past lives mm-hmm. I, no absolutely that's the whole that's the whole idea that 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 corruption part if it's tied to karma um, again and hopefully uh, I think everybody has heard the word karma there's going to be uh, variances on its meaning, its definition. <clears throat> but basically, it has a lot to do with cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Um, cause and effect. When you do something intentionally, not intentionally, but you take an action, there's always an effect from that action. It's basically like when you make a decision, there's always going right. to be consequences of that decision. And then there's going to be varying levels of um, karmic energy or negativity that's tied to it. Is it you're doing something intentionally, wholesomely, wholeheartedly, genuinely? Or is there something vicious and hateful and you know, malevolent tied to it? What's, what, you know, why? Why are right. you taking this action? And then what's going to be the cause? If you take so many of those negative actions, obviously, yeah, there's probably going to be some major corruption, and then yeah, you're going to come back, and maybe quickly, and not necessarily take a long time. It just kind of depends. Yeah, I, I think it's important while while this thought is coming to me, um, is that uh, our viewers should know that you know when you go through the soul review, it's it's not a judgment, mm-hmm. like like you know where you're going to go to hell or something like that because. Jesus paid with his blood mm-hmm. for our sins. Right. The soul review is just simply a review of your life mm-hmm. and what you learned and how you affected other people. And your own personal hell is the hell that you make it mm-hmm. 
by, you know, who you were on earth during that time period. You know, if you have, if you as a person of low energy, um, low vibration, <laughs> you know, you did things that didn't better humanity or elevate the people around you mm -hmm. or, or send out, you know, good energy to others or, you know, if he was a murderer, a rapist, or serial killer, or things like that. Things that don't elevate the soul. That's your own personal help. Because you got to feel that in the soul review. You got to feel how you affected other people. Mm -hmm. Right. So during that transition time and they do the soul review, you're, and you're looking, yeah, you're going to know exactly um, what you did, what you did wrong. You know, that's why it's important. It's important to to do good things and do unto others, mm -hmm. you know, as you wish them to do unto you and be respectful for people, give grace where grace is needed, you know, even though the person may not deserve it, give them grace, you know, pray for others, you know, read good books, watch good movies, watch what you feed your soul. Mm hmm because it pays off in the end when you go through the soul review. You don't have to feel all that pain and anguish you cause to other people. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. There are some um, um, thoughts or, or uh, some philosophies that karma is a judge. But then there are others that suggest that karma is a um, balancing tool. It's not necessarily a skill, but it's, um, um, it, it's a, I like to refer to karma as a deity. It's, it's, it's its own autonomous deity that God created, imbued. It's like, look at, like death. Death has its job. Karma has its right. job. Um, each angel has its own skill and talent. They have their jobs. So. Well, you know, karma is, is sort of like the Bible says. It's like the, the law of reaping and sowing. Mm -hmm. Sowing and reaping, you reap what you sow. So, Okay, so that, that um, what you just now said, that is the reference basically to karma. Right. And, you know, there's that word, specific word is not in the Bible. Yeah. So it. this is why, this is why before I knew the Lord, I did a lot of shitty things to people mm -hmm. that... You know, I shouldn't have done. But once I became uh, close to God and, and, and I came to know the Lord and stuff like this and um, became a chaplain stuff, I went back and found those people mm -hmm. that I did those shitty things to and corrected that because I don't want that karma coming back on me at my soul review, mm -hmm. you know, for what I did to them or, or how I hurt them and or the unjust thing I did to them. So I, I, heard, I was quick to correct that once I came to know the Lord because of that karma. I don't want it coming back on me. At what point did you realize the importance of the notion, the idea that karma exists? And there's a, it is a balancing, it's a very powerful balancing tool that wants to bring and balance, uh, you know, make things harmonious. I think when when I was studying my you know theology, mm -hmm. you know reading about in the Bible about sowing and reaping and harvest time, mm -hmm. you know, because when is when it's time for you to reap, that's harvest time, and you you don't want that. You don't. don't. In other words, God God, um, He's watching. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. He plants, he doesn't plant the seeds. We plant the seeds. He provides the rain. Mm -hmm. He provides the sunshine. But when those seeds come up and grow, whether they're bad or good, that's on us. Mm -hmm. He doesn't determine that. We do. So it depends what you want your harvest to be. <laughs> you know, right. do you want your harvest to be a, a whole bunch of bad and with bad seeds? Uh, you know, and and you have to pay for that in some form or another. You have to pay for that. You know, and the wages of sin is death. That's one way. Right. Well, so there are obviously there there. Somebody who's listening right now, they might be like, I definitely have this, you know, really bad person in my life and they, you know, they, um, they fucked me over. They did this, they did that to that to our, one of our listeners or as an example. And that, you know, the listener may wonder, well, or maybe thinking like, hey, you know, that person is like living their best life right now and they're getting away with whatever that they did to me and they might be doing it to others. And we, I've seen that, right? We've, we've, everybody has seen that. It's like, well, this person has fucked over, you know, hundreds of people, or they raped and pillaged and killed these other people, and they've done all these bad things, but yet they're still out there, you know, being free and mm-hmm. living their lives, and they have lots of money, maybe. And you're just like, why the fuck isn't karma or God doing anything about it? Why is this person still getting to enjoy life and, but it is. We just can't see it. Exactly. Exactly. At some point in time, the karmic mechanism catches up, and it wants to balance out the system. And it does. So it may, you know, unfortunately, that person that may have fucked you over and betrayed you, or you know, hurt you emotionally, and it was intentionally, and uh, or that person that may have done something really another bad type of thing to you like pillaged you in some way that person may appear to be getting away with it but it and it could take three years it could take five years it could take ten years but at some point that mechanism catches up to them yeah in some form or fashion it could be you know they're um, devastated by illness all of a sudden or an accident. Oh, yeah, because you don't know you don't know how you're gonna leave this world, and some people can can leave this world in the most horrific way. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, um, you know, or they may um, experience a multitude of negative events, like a season of negativity happening to them, uh, in tum- in tumultuous relationships, or you know, their wife may you know divorce them or something, take half their money. Yeah. <laughs> who knows it but these things happen so never ever think that just because someone has done you wrong that there's no karmic justice because there there is but karma doesn't work and operate on our timeline karma does what it does when it needs to do it and when it it it's um yeah on its and, own timetable. And, and your job is not to worry about that other person, how they get their payback, how it's coming to them. Your job is to to continue, you know, uh, living a good life and doing right by others and, and trying to acclimate to be the 
person God would want you to be, you know? No, which no matter what, when you're fucked over and you get fucked over, it's hard to do because you're that idea, that notion of vengeance, that emotion of that, that's that raw aspect of us, right? Come kicks in. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. But you know, the Bible fuck says, that motherfucker. Bible says vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Oh, trust me, I've experienced it. That's why you got to be close to God so you can walk. You can walk. That's why Jesus Jesus uh, told the lady in the Bible she wanted her, her son to sit by his side. And Jesus, I don't remember the exact story, but Jesus said, do you know what you ask, lady? <laughs> do you know what you're asking? Do you know what you're asking? Do you know what it takes to, to sit by my side? You know, and... and that's you know that's that's a high, mm-hmm. you know, and we're we're already fallen beings. You know, there's already part of us that ha- that has that sin nature, and and you're right, you're absolutely right. When when we're screwed over, we want vengeance, we want to get even, and it's hard to walk away from that and and, and say you know give us some grace and say I'm, I'm gonna leave it to God, mm-hmm. I'm put it in God's hands. I mean. I can't even count how many times I've been fucked over in relationships and just fucked over by other people. And You know, we have something on our website because um, people people ask, like, uh, is being psychic evil or something, which you and I have already talked about talked in other podcasts. Right. But I wrote something very specific on there, and it is I don't care who the fuck you are and what fucking position you have. I don't care if you're the barista at Starbucks or you're uh, my lawyer or landlord or police officer or um, doctor. Everybody is capable of evil. Everybody could be considered evil. It doesn't matter what position you are how you grew up, where you came from, at some point in time, if you're going to be evil, it just happens. You could be the bitch barista from hell and fuck up, fuck, fuck up my, my, my drink. Or you could be somebody working in the back of a kitchen. And (laughs) uh, if you've seen that movie waiting uh, with Ryan Reynolds, then you'll know. But yeah, I mean, you could just fuck up somebody's meal as well. If you're going to be that sinister and, and dark and negative um, you're just going to do it so uh, evil exists anywhere it could be in anybody in any form oh, any yeah. level of education yeah. uh, in any job position evil could exist anywhere I do and I believe and it that comes from an absence of love light and knowledge right exactly and I believe that those souls that when it's time for them to transition and stuff, those dark souls and stuff like that, I believe that's why they will not go to the light. They're afraid of the light because they're afraid of the judgment on their deeds here. That's why you want to live in mm-hmm. the light of God and not as a dark entity on earth. No, fuck that. I don't want to be a dark entity on earth. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, it does sound a little appealing because you could go fuck over the people that fucked over you. <laughs> but no, 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 you don't really want to be a dark entity. So with that said, 
karma also is tied into the soul, into the idea, the notion of souls. So, time of conception, you know, your 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 body forms that conduit into the soul or into the body with the soul forms, and you know you have your soul. Okay. There's no specific knowing exactly at what point in time. Is it six weeks? Is it 12 weeks? Is it 16 weeks? Is it three months? Whatever. Just go kind of with the idea that at some point in time, you know, the conduit is is there. So you have your soul. Mm-hmm. You pop out nine months later. You start living your life. There are some people that, you know, very young ages, they have flashbacks of, like, previous lifetimes. They see in... in experience visions of um, what life they may have been uh, through the eyes of that that person that does happen but sometimes that happens later in life you start to have some kind of flashback or you take on some tendencies that are not yours and but you're not being possessed or anything but you just take on these tendencies right. and um, th- of somebody maybe some kind of other figure historical figure just somebody else but it's not necessarily due to the intuitive aspect it's just sometimes when at some point in time the data within the soul um, may be fragmented or due to some uh, really negative event it may come up and you start seeing it feeling it yeah so that also happens but it's like okay well now what do you do um, you know you have a soul. You know it's there. Um, the Akashic Records, which I also refer to that holding area as basically sometimes just the spirit world. Uh, it is just an infinite amount of space that has an infinite amount of doors, and you can access that. But there are multiple techniques to do it. To a- access the Akashic Records or the spirit world, it all kind of depends on your own abilities. So... We have the soul, you're living your life, what do you do with it? There's another part of it, too, if you just understand and believe that you have a soul. Um, so there's a technique that I do for people, which is called soul regression. So basically, without knowing that people are doing it, people will steal other people's energy or soul energy. It's basically, a through psychic vampirism or energy vampirism or um, some type of energy suckers, right? (laughs) But you don't even have to be that. But where I'm going at with this is that our souls experience trauma. Because remember, if we go with the idea of the notion that they're hard drives, then it's recording what happens. So... Our traumas, it, they get recorded. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, the idea of soul regression is to be able to, and some people have to go under hypnosis, and then some people uh, can just do it through meditation. But the idea of soul regression is to figure out where the traumas occurred. So, Believe it or not, parents traumatize their kids. They steal pieces of their soul, and they don't even know it. Kids do it to their parents as well. 
at the moment of, of basically you pop out, there's always going to be some type of piracy, uh, some type of trauma conducted against your soul. So the idea of trauma is inherent with the idea that the soul collects that data and it carries it with it throughout the lifetime, which can then cause lots of issues, and then takes it with us. Even though we transition and go through like a cleansing period, that data is still there, it's still stored. And then, of course, whenever we get reincarnated, <clears throat> you're going to be, or your soul is going to um, work that stuff out, work those things out <clears throat> through, um, obviously, your personality. Your um, And personality is definitely tied to the soul. And your skills, your talents, and things like that. So it's going to want to work out that. Um, through your actions growing up in whatever lifetime you're you're born into. Yeah. Sorry, I know you don't necessarily believe in reincarnation. But I do believe in trials and tribulations, though. <laughs> yes, yes, does definitely exist. Um, so some good reading material that I would recommend. Um. We'll start off with this bottom one here. So there's a book by um, Gary Zukov. It's called The Seat of the Soul. And in it, he talks and identifies um, different aspects of the, of the soul and how we perceive um, how basically the soul works with the physical body and the five senses. Um, so he refers to, let me pull out my notes. Um, the five sensory modality or point of view from the soul. That's basically how it, it records through our five senses. Of course, it also does it through the sixth sense, right? The ESP, the extrasensory perception, but he uses the five. Um, and then he also talks about perception of the physical world. Um, it's basically com competition for external power that is generated by fear. <clears throat> so he talks a lot about this realm that we're in and um, how it's just the kind of like we want to evolve our souls want to evolve they want to recognize the idea of karma and pay it forward because we want to go to the next level of basically power and authority um, we want to become enlightened the soul kind of has that pre-programmed in it but unfortunately in the body, the human form, which has its moments, it, but it's still limited. Basically, we're limited. So it's definitely a very good book. I have some other notes, too, that I want to talk about with it. Let's see here. Oh, yeah, there we go. Okay, so he breaks it down into evolution karma, reverence, and heart, and then further goes into the idea of creation with intuition and light and intention. And then he breaks that down into responsibility and choices, addiction. Oh my God, there's so many forms of addiction. Um, and relationships, and then you can even be addicted about relationships. Yeah. <clears throat> and then breaks that down into uh, power regarding psychology and illusion and trust. 
So as human beings, we experience physical reality with our five senses. As he says, we have been until now um, five cent, um, five century human beings that is uh, allowed us to experience the basic principles of the universe. But this is um, always a way of evolving as to what we experience, what we value, and how we, uh, how we act. So our species is developing into a species of authentic power. So we need authentic empowerment. So it's external power versus authentic power. And obviously the five senses will no longer be adequate for what we are to become down the road. So that's definitely a very good book. I definitely would recommend that as a good starting point. And then another one um, is how to read the Akashic Records, Accessing the Archive of the Soul and its Journey. This is by Linda Howe. This is a really good book. She explains her journey. Um, and it's kind of interesting because she was, um, you know, she did everything right that you're supposed to, that you're, you're kind of taught in terms of like the traditional um, idea of growing up, going through high school, going to college, getting your degree, getting your job. So she, when she was like 21 or 23, none of that really meant anything. She did it all, but she wasn't content. She knew something was missing. She knew she was missing something. And then she, um, um, there was a tree outside of her apartment. She connected with the tree. And that, that whole notion of nature uh, empowered her. And it was like a revelation. And she began to pray more. And uh, that's how she then got on a spiritual path or pilgrimage. And she became a tarot reader, uh, intuitive, and then she became a shaman, and then she became an Akashic Record reader, um, all through you know these spiritual journeys that she was having. Mm -hmm. So, um, but she talks a lot about the idea of the soul, and because the as we said earlier, the Akashic Records is a basically a a, a, a repository for soul information. So all the Every soul, every person that's lived, every soul, and um, from the past to the present to the future, um, what that, what the soul energy contains for each person. Um, there's some things I have written down here. Okay. Um, you know, here's I'm gonna just read a little bit from her book, but so the Akasha. What are the Akashic records? The Akashic records are. A, a dimension of consciousness that contains the vibrational record of every soul and its journey. So the vibrational body of consciousness exists everywhere in its entirety and is completely available at all times and at all places. Just kind of shorten that. Um, so the idea of uh, what the word Akashic means, um, it basically means uh, to open or opening. So uh, let's see here. Yeah, and you know that makes sense because uh, when we do a meditation or when you try to open, you try to get to the Akashic records, your consciousness is transitioning from mm -hmm. regular human consciousness to a state of divine universal consciousness. 
Um, basically, you become one, which that's kind of in itself a part of the key. You become a key, you become a key to access yeah. that area. Um, so, also, Akasha is a Sanskrit word. Um, which basically means the substance. So it's kind of like opening and then substance, uh, basically the the ether from which um, the energy is created. Basically, it's ether. It's it's mm-hmm. um, um, basically the same thing. So um, that out of which all things are formed, it is the first stage of crystallization of spirit. This akashic or primary substance is the exquisite fineness and is so sensitive that the slightest vibrations of an ether at any place in the universe register an indelible impression upon it. So basically that's the finite meaning of the word Akashic. And she also, I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing, Um, there's the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus the Christ? No. Aquarian Gospel? Okay. So she has some um, references, um, biblical references in terms of like psalms and things like that as to uh, these psalms referencing the idea of records, how important the notion of records are, which some people believe that that's referring to the Akashic records. Um, But the one that I have highlighted here is... uh, this is from the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus Christ. It's 1583-4. So, and Jesus opened up to the disciples the meaning of the hidden way and the holy breath and of the light that cannot fail. He told them all about the book of life, the roles of Raphael, Raphael, the book of God's remembrance where all thoughts and words of men are written down. So that's definitely one there. But there are several others, which I thought were pretty interesting. Um, The Amplified Bible, Hebrews 10.7. Then I said, Behold, here I am coming to do your will, O God, to fulfill what is written of me in the volume of the book. Um, That's another passage. And then uh, the Jewish Bible, the uh, Tanakh. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm 56, 8, 9, you keep count of my wonderings, put my tears into your flask, into your record, which I thought was interesting. So yeah, there's definitely some things in here. This is a really, uh, definitely a very good book. Um, there's a lot of insightful information, just kind of giving you an overview of the idea of souls, uh, the Akashic records, and um, how it kind of all works. And what you would even be looking for when um, you're talking about trying to get that type of information. So that would this would be a very good um, book for a beginner, of course. And then another one, you know, I don't, I don't, I think a lot of people might know this, but maybe not. But I'm just gonna say it. You know, when we talk about Buddha mm-hmm. in Buddhism, it's not a religion. Buddha was not is not considered a god. He's basically considered a philosopher, a teacher. But Buddha also believed in 
the importance of the soul and the night of reincarnation in order to fix karma, basically. Right. So um, the essence of Buddhism uh, by uh, Joe, uh, Joe Durden, Durden Smith, that's a very good book. And this, I mean, it really goes over a lot of different things uh, regarding Buddhism and soul energy and reincarnation and a whole bunch of other stuff, a slew of other stuff. And then there's another book by uh, Thomas More um, called Soulmates, Honoring the Mysteries of Love and Relationship. And he does a good job about describing just everything in life pertaining to the soul. So that's a, that's a, that's a really good book that I would recommend. So those four, those four books. Um, if you're wanting to explore on your own the idea of the soul and add to your um, literary library and your knowledge of um, different ideas of the soul. Okay, so we're approaching 57 minutes. I said it was going to be a long ca uh, podcast. So, Deanna, what should be our takeaway? <sighs> Takeaways, try to avoid bad karma. Live life as, as enlightened beings, mm -hmm. you know, who try to elevate, try to elevate in a positive manner. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we don't want to go around living on Earth as a dark entity or a low vibration. No, we don't want to, at the end of our life, say all I've done is been mean to other people. That's all I have to show for it is, is screwing over other people. You know, we don't want that because, you know, when you get before the Lord and you go through that soul review, you have to feel all of that. No, I, I would agree with you 100%. We do not want to be the person that leaves behind that type of negative legacy of fucking people over, especially for whether it be money or love or anything, which that we will talk about in another episode, but the idea of the relationships yeah. and people fucking people over for, you know, in their relationships. You, know, you, you broke somebody's marriage up 10 years ago. Go back and apologize to that person. Exactly. You know, say, I'm sorry for breaking your marriage up. I'm sorry that I was that type of person then, you know, or whatever else. Or you were doing drugs with my husband and decided to break up my marriage, not let go. You, that happens all the time, and people yeah. should apologize or, for that. Or I stole money from you. <laughs> I stole money for you to support my habit. Mm -hmm. You know, and and acted like I didn't know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. I agree. That should definitely be the take home. Just accept the notion that you have a soul. It is there. <laughs> And you want to work on it. You want to enlighten it. You want to feed it wholesome, positive energy. Because it is recording what you're doing along with karma. Karma is recording what you're doing as well. And who you're fucking over and who you're being good to. Um, but we want to maintain healthy, vibrant um, souls and connections with God. And the more we focus on that in meditate and uh, 
you know, cleanse ourselves, purify, purify ourselves, educate ourselves, the more love, light, and increased communication with God, with the universe, we're able to access 100%. So if you have any questions, go to our website, mysticmisfits.net, and you can find our email address there, which is mysticmisfits21 at gmail.com. Uh, also check out uh, Deanna's uh, uh, ministry. Check out our website for the store. Uh, and let us know if you have any questions. We're still looking for um, guests to have on the show. Uh, hey, maybe even sponsors. This is our sixth episode. Yeah, we We're almost done with the season. So um, definitely um, check us out uh, online. Um, like our Facebook page, our Instagram page as well. And uh, soon we'll, I think our next episode, we're actually going to record it, video record it, and then post that on YouTube. So you'll be able to see us squirm. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we're going to wish you a uh, really good evening and many blessings. And uh, we can't wait to have you guys tune in next week. Peace out.